Welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast network. This network is sponsored by NAEP, the National Association for Primary Education. And I just wanted to come on and let you know of an event which is coming up, which fits in really nicely with our English and literacy season. Every year they have a guest speaker come to their Christian Schiller lecture, which is based and inspired by the works of Christian Schiller. And this year it's um, being given by Professor Teresa Kremin, who's going to be speaking about reading for pleasure developing readers for life and the lecture is going to explore the cognitive social and emotional benefits of reading and in particular it will follow on how when teachers share their reading lives and books in common with children new and closer relationships develop between reader to reader and human to human so if you go to the show notes you can find out more details about how to register in advance it's an absolutely free event um, if you go to educationonfire.com and in the search bar, put 090, this particular episode will come up and give you all the details that you need and the flyer and how to get in contact. It's on the 29th of April in Oxford Brooks University, and it just involves sending your email details to register in advance at the National Office. Hope you enjoyed today's show, and many thanks for listening. Hello, and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. the place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 6, Episode 90. Hello, welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. Today, as part of our English and Literacy season, I'm delighted to be joined by Emmy and Taryn, and they are the Enchanted Wanderers, and they're two primary school teachers who are immersing children in a world of art, music, circus and drama through the power of storytelling, which is intriguing to begin with. So, hi Emmy and Taryn, and thanks for joining me. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having us. (laughs) We're so glad to be here. That's fantastic. I'm delighted that you could join us. And so, from that introduction, give us a bit more of a, a detailed background of exactly what it is that you're doing over there in Australia at the moment. And I know you're, you're based from the UK originally as well. Uh, you're right. We are two primary school teachers. Uh, we are currently in Australia, um, usually based in the UK. We, from our kind of primary school background, we, we saw a lot of good things in schools and we absolutely loved being in a school, in a teacher environment. But we also wanted to... We want to create something using our own kind of personal skills that we've built up over our life um, to give children a, an extra bit of kind of extra magic. experience. Yeah, yeah a bit of magic um, that just uh, gives them a bit of space to be themselves a bit more. We find schools are really, they have to be regimented. They have to be the key word in a school um, is consistency. And that doesn't give teachers a chance to be themselves or children a chance to be themselves. So... We wanted to offer something inside and outside of a school that just provides a bit of space for children to express themselves in a way that kind of suits them best. Um, were, you, were you able to do that actually as teachers within your school or, or did you actually feel that you needed to sort of escape the system in, in terms of being able to sort of really sort of f- fulfil that idea? Yeah, no, do you know what? There were so many opportunities to try and do that in the classroom. Uh, often it came with a, oh, okay, Em's, Em's going to go and do that and try and encourage us as staff and as children to also do a little bit of the same too. Um, I worked in a beautiful school which actually had a lot of opportunity to be creative and immerse the children in different worlds. It it took a little bit of extra hard work to do and a little bit of extra thinking to think outside the box but definitely found there was opportunity and space inside a classroom setting to do just that. 
and I think you're right. I think it is it's setting the scene yourself, isn't it, as a member of staff? And I remember hearing various things, you know, people talk about Ofsted and things have to be a certain way. But when you when they do come across a very creative school and, and the ethos of that creativity and, and, and that support of children to sort of live their lives in that way, the school is usually very vibrant. And, and that is actually what everybody wants in learning. You sort of, there are sort of prescriptive elements of, 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 the, of the assessments and all that kind of thing. But if you're able to sort of let go of all that and just do what you know is the best for the children from a creative standpoint, then I think the rest of it does actually all come as well. Yeah, absolutely. If, if the school trusts uh, the teachers, then you get that creative flow. Um, you get uh, one, you might have three year three classes um, and all the teachers can be doing their own thing in their own way and it works for everybody. Um, and that's where the restrictions come in. If all the three classes have to look the same, then one beautiful creative teacher's ideas might not get put in because the other two teachers are less confident with that. And that's about kind of training together and doing it together. But that is kind of a way that it makes it feel quite hard. Yeah, no, I can really see that. And so how, how did Enchanted Wanderers come about from, from sort of being teachers initially? <laughs> well, um, it was a beautiful, sunny Sunday afternoon. And um, we've been kind of thinking about different worlds. Of course, we have many conversations about education and the different elements which we find really important and kind of want to encourage our children to have an experience in and we thought that actually all the different things that we do wouldn't it be great if we led a storytelling workshop which incorporated the art and the drama and music and circus and it's it kind of snowballed from this very one um brilliantly said shall we do this sort of idea <laughs> we were we were we just we've been away to Cornwall for a week uh, and we just got back um and we were sat in the car we sat in the car for about two hours because we started the conversation at the end of our journey and then just didn't leave the car because we were just um kind of snowballing all our ideas uh, and, and then we were like actually let's let's do this um we've got like our I've kind of come from a teaching but in different ways background with like fencing and little different things and I was teaching circus in a hotel and I'm self-taught entirely admittedly but um, I've been doing that for a long time so I've got this circus skills background that I really wanted to share um, and Em's done a whole art degree which is kind of more qualified than I. But, <laughs> um... Yeah no I see a lot of room and space for the creative style of letting the children engage and not doing it in just a prescriptive way and coming from having done an art degree and a foundation degree in art too and then being a specialist in my um, primary school teaching, um, I felt that actually both of us together could create something that's quite unique for the children to come and be a part of. And it really sounds as if as if you've got that sort of great both sides of the coin there you've got the understanding obviously you've got the the education background you've got the artistic side but I think that that ability to be able to just have that space like you say you know we're going to do a bit of this and you've got some circus and you can already imagine the children around you going yeah we could do that and I love this and I can see that and it's a very different environment then isn't it and I think that's the key because it's it's through the environment which actually all these experiences really sort of come to life for the children entirely that we've we've noticed that actually no one workshop is the same because of course we've got a completely different bunch of children coming from all different walks of life um and being a part of it and they'll just 
um, attach themselves to something that they're really, really focused on wanting to to learn and to incorporate into a story that they're then creating or even perform at the end of the day, which is fab. It surprises the children as well. They, um, they're not expecting themselves to have done what they just did, um, whether it's get up and perform or some children will, will have their parents say, oh, I know it's a storytelling workshop and you can write, but my child, my child doesn't really like to write that much. And then they'll sit there or lie there for the last hour and a half just writing a story um, <laughs> because they've had that space that's a little bit different to what they used to. And actually, we like to think we're empowering the children to do what they've chosen to do that day um, through like kind of being immersed in our own little world. And we merely are just the facilitators of it all with a little bit of the knowledge behind in terms of skills and teaching them the, the kind of the, the different elements in which we want them to just run with. And, and that essence of, of of them being able to to do what they want in their way that I mean, that that's just a billion miles away isn't it from kind of and now we're going to sit down to an hour of english and that 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 is the essence of like you say someone exactly. not liking to yeah. read and write but actually really doing when they've got the ability to do it yeah time timetables in a school <laughs> um often restrict teachers greatly and often you hear people saying actually we just need to spend a little bit extra finishing our story or maybe we actually need to spend some time producing the story into a book and illustrating it actually celebrating the learning and I think that really kind of hoped or helped inspire our our kind of our next bit of project that we've been working on recently. Yeah so we should probably dive in and and, and talk a little bit about the projects that you do offer and, and, and how it all works and it's specifically in terms of the, of the storytelling and the drama and, and how schools can get involved with it all. Definitely. Um, so we kind of tried to keep it nice and simple. We did our, our first thing was to do a little tour. We set up um, a tour around Devon and we did that entirely ourselves um, and find ourselves doing far more work than we'd ever imagined. Um, Most definitely. It, it came from a lovely community of people helping us, didn't it? Mm. Helping us but, fundraise for our um, for the workshops to happen and to go ahead, um, and ringing venues and um, just trying to book lots of people on was was quite um, I don't know it didn't it worked but it was it wasn't quite it for what we wanted to do definitely um, labour intensive lots of phone calls <laughs> to lots of schools to get them involved phoning press releases and. Um, it, going on a radio show, we were also on a radio show. There was just lots of different elements to getting what we're doing out there. So that tour, although hard work, was pretty epic. And now that we're out there, um, we're just available to book. Um, you can go onto our uh, website and all the Facebooky things and Instagram and all of that um, to find out a bit more. But we're, schools can just get in touch, email us and... It's hard to say exactly what we'll do because the school will get in touch and say what they're after um, and we'll make sure that it kind of works for them. Our, we don't want our day to fit in too much with their literacy plan of current. We'd like it to be a standalone day, um, but in terms of timings and all of that, then we, um, we're definitely flexible because well, every school and every class are going to be different and they're all going to have different needs. But um, Most definitely. I think it's kind of it's one of those days where you remember the somebody coming into school and doing something a little different this one isn't just like watching a performance for example this one is becoming involved in it and then taking it to the next level so how that works in a school day is it can be a whole school day 
to go alongside with the workshop we've written. Um, we also offer bespoke kind of individual if you want to focus more on um, one of the skills in particular, say it's an art skill or a circus skill, we do that too. Um, and we are contactable on, like Taryn said, our Facebook and our website. And even by our email, um, we are the Enchanted Wanderers. So most of those are all called Enchanted Wanderers. <laughs> Fantastic. And, and what I'll do is I'll, I'll make sure that all of those links are on the um, are on the show page for this podcast. So if you go to educationonfire.com, and in the search bar, just put Enchanted Wanderers. And on there, then the show page will come up. And I'll have all those links and all the details of this show so people could just click through very easily and find exactly what they need, which is uh, which should be perfect for you, which hopefully you will be able to get lots of people get in contact. Did you want us to run through kind of what, what a day in the project looks like? In a yeah, workshop that, looks that, like? that would be lovely. Yeah, please do that. So the the children come into, a, into the space uh, and then we've got our set set up. So there's a... Um, and we made this ourselves as a huge, a uh, huge prop that kind of it makes the children as soon as they walk in, they're like, "Whoa, what is this?" They've got that excitement, they've got that magic immediately, um, and they meet one of the characters. Um, they build a bit of a relationship. Uh, that character starts to tell the story. So the children are listening at the start, but they're also involved. They're getting up, they're joining in, they're becoming a part of the story. Um, another character comes in, and then there's. There's a really, um, we, I really enjoy this bit. There's a really enjoyable <laughs> standoff between the two characters and the children. Then they kind of decide who they trust um, because they're such a part of the story. They, everything is all together now. And once the story is finished, we'll then um, start with a bit of art. And um, we, yeah, we collaborate together and kind of really encourage the whole idea of team and listening and just knowing that other people's ideas are okay to kind of to use and then to work upon and to, to help start to inspire that first spark of thought, of yeah. planning. From something as simple as all just using the same really long one bit of paper, that togetherness of kind of doing it together just really brings that group in on the same project. Um, and then each character has their own skill set that the children are going to need for when they enter our next world. So we teach them the skills they're going to need in order to, in order to progress through the story. And then towards the end of it, they they all get the choice of how they continue our story for us. They sort of tell the third chapter, um, and they can they can act it, they can write it, um, they can just they can mime it, they can do whatever it is that they want in order to show us the rest of it. Um, and they can so they can do it individually or in groups, and, and they can even uh, draw it. They can do more of the art projects. They can just make a map of the new world. Um, we do tea paper stuff and we make scrolls um, and then at the end of it we invite all the parents to come and see um, what they've been doing uh, across the whole day so they're invited in and they'll probably I mean we've never had a, sh uh, a workshop without a performance at the end have we? No the beautiful um, thing is every single child wants to do wants to learn wants to create and make we've had so many different versions or so many different ways of the story being continued it's incredible and actually us linking back to the fact that we want the children to feel like they've produced something to feel like it's something worth showing somebody even if they've spent ages creating a, a map of the new world um on a scroll paper with beautiful kind of sawn cut scroll ends and the tea stained paper in which they're a process of making too um 
they then feel like even if they don't want to read the story, which most of the time, actually, <laughs> they, <do. laughs> they, they are really excited to do that, even if it's just with a support of uh, one of us just being in their show too with them. They they feel like sharing it. They feel really proud of what it is that they've done that day. And it it's definitely shows from the show, we don't organise the show. <laughs> no. the um, When you want something to be child-led and you have parents come in, sometimes you can have a lot of teacher input where it looks like quite a, a well-put-together show. Mm-hmm. We're, we're kind of not... We're not so fussed about that. If a child... If this if our show looks like a five year old has done it, um, then then great because then we know it's child led. <laughs> um, but actually, the parents really love that; they appreciate that, and they they value that. Actually, they know that everything's been put together by their children, um, which is quite nice. It takes the pressure off the children too, and most of the time we have children who, at the start, don't want to. The thought of doing something like that is actually definitely not at all the focus of the day. We briefly mention it um, right at the beginning and then it doesn't actually get mentioned again until much later on where they've had time to think and respond and know what it is that they're feeling. And then even then they might not think, I'm going to do that. And they start to see people encouraging people, even working together as a team to go and do it. They've all suddenly learnt how to juggle and actually there's three of them that want to juggle at the same time together and that's fantastic and we love that the the fact that it's child-led gives them kind of a pressureless way of um, celebrating what it is that they can do. I really love the freedom from the from the moment the fact that the fact if you're there for a day the whole idea of a timetable goes out the window which is great because it just sets a very different scene for the day and I can just sort of imagine like you were saying that one massive piece of paper and everyone working together which is just a long way away from here's my book that I've got to sit and write a story in and and I think children experiencing that and like you say being able to take it through the whole the whole project in terms of oh understanding what that feels like and listening and like you say working together and collaborating and coming up with a an end product which doesn't need to look a certain way so therefore it's not a question of being right or wrong it just is I mean that's just so the opposite to the way their experience at school often is that I think that must be incredibly refreshing and and I, it gets in touch with them because that isn't essentially how children learn anyway isn't it and I think they'll really that must be very impactful for them most definitely and actually you, they do go through barriers, the children. They they want to start again. They they want to get whatever it is right. Um, and the moment that they learn that actually there is no right and there is no wrong, it's just what it is that they're trying to put across. They There's a few who go, and this, and they might come back and check and go, is it okay if I do this? And they'll come back again and go, <laughs> I've done this. Was this all right? And the fact that both Tara and I are able to say, wow, that's great. That's your idea. That's fantastic. The the, the moment of realization and is, is amazing to witness. It's great to be a part of. And we can be re- like, we're really proud of the fact that this is the kind of workshop and scenario where you get the parents at the end coming up to you and the teacher saying this child has never stood up in front of anyone before or mm. this child's never written like this before or we do um I mean it sounds quite big but mm. uh, we it happens we're we're really proud of that we are mm. we create scenarios that children wouldn't normally put themselves in um, but they feel so 
empowered and free to do that um, within this workshop. And funnily enough, we've spoken a lot about the show um, and clearly we really wanted to, but it's um, it's actually not the biggest part of the day, which I love that there's still a little bit of hidden secrecy about actually what goes on <laughs> and the enchantedness of um, what the children are actually going to step into. It is all encompassing. And both Tara and I try to do that in the classroom too. So I guess it's kind of then taking those ideas of that freedom into a classroom setting and having a head teacher, having staff, having people that believe in your autonomy of being able to do it and giving you time to be able to show that. And in terms of the, the age of the children involved, what, what sort of age groups are you generally working with? We've kind of narrowed it down to six to ten-ish. We get a lot of 11 and 12-year-olds who would love it and they'd fully get involved. Um, but when you have cross across the ages, sometimes you can have the 11, 12-year-olds suddenly become too cool for it. <laughs> um, and it, it works less. Some, some of them are great and they really get involved. But um, when the age range is too big, we find it um, it can discourage the older ones. Or actually, if it was just the, that age group, they absolutely love it as well, and they really take it quite far. So we found five was a little bit too young for the circus skills, um, but six to ten is the is the perfect range. I'm a big fan of mixed age groups because I think they really help each other a lot. Um, I love a school that's got uh, mixed age classes. Uh, they can that can add a lot to a child's education. So yeah, six to ten is our is our main bracket. Yeah, I love that sort of peer peer to peer support and and an effort that goes on. It can really make, like I say, make make a big difference, and it changes the whole dynamic, which I I always think is wonderful. So I'm just going to pivot slightly here because I know one of the other projects which you're doing is is the the YouTube storytelling as well. So how did that come about, and how do people get involved in that that idea? Um, that came about from our workshops. We had all these stories that um, children were writing or telling or creating, and then it's done. It's done. The day's finished and nothing ever happens again. And in school, they'll um, spend sometimes three or four weeks working towards a story, um, putting all this time in to plan it and to learn it. And they do so much with it. And then at the end of it, the teacher writes a three word comment because that's all we've got time to do. And then we've got to move on to the next thing. And that story's never, ever looked at again. And this child just put a massive amount of their time and effort into that. So we thought it'd actually just be really nice to take that a bit further and celebrate it a bit more. And kids love YouTube. So we can't we, deny that one. <laughs> yeah. We thought for the idea of um, the excitement it would bring for a child to have their story told by storytellers on YouTube would bring a bit of inspiration and kind of motivation because not all the not all children enjoy writing. Um, that's fine. So to give them something to extra to want to write about thought would be a nice thing and yeah we definitely like to add a little bit of purpose yeah um, yeah purpose and, is huge. and if actually the children have something that they've got to write for whether it's a writing competition whether it's a story at school whether it's something that could be shown on our youtube channel <laughs> then we want to be a part of inspiring kids from all the way from australia so we want to stay are very much a part of England and the storytelling world and knowing the children that we've taught and then the children we've connected with over our workshops to be able to offer them something in our YouTube channel. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that 
you you have the, the the smallness of of this workshop that happens in a school on on one day, and then the fact that you, you've gone from England, and as you were just talking about, you're, you're in Australia touring around at the moment, and I know you've got family over there as well. To then this kind of the new world, which is just the global world, where just in the sense of just emailing a story to someone, and then it just suddenly being online where people can see it, not just today, but at any point in the future, and also no matter where you are in the world you can share it as well and, and I, I love the way that, that this is all coming together now and and being part of education it's about the here and now in this moment in this room but it's also such a global phenomenon as well yeah and it for me it's about children realizing that what they're doing is worth it that what their their ideas are worth hearing and um if as a seven-year-old you re- suddenly realize that your voice is important then you're going to take that through to your adult life and you're going to use it and you're going to be important in whatever you're doing. Um, so it seems like a really small thing to take to such a, a massive level, but I, I really believe that if we empower them at a young age, um, they can, they'll believe in themselves a lot more. That's sort of two sides of the project there. Is, is there anything else that you want to let everybody know that you're involved in and, 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 and also let them know how they can actually get involved in all these things and the best way for them to contact you? Well, they are the two main projects at the moment. Although we run our own workshops and organise them too, um, when we get back to the UK in 2020, which seems mad to be talking about, (laughs) we will be available to run workshops in school. So if anything that has kind of inspired or clicked with you as a listener of this wonderful podcast, then please get in touch um, on our Enchanted Wanderers website, or on our email, which I believe is going to be on the link below, which is very, very helpful. That, um, so the, the main workshop, but we do run circus skills days and art days and um, the other little bits that, that weave into that. We do. We run them either as kind of a, a, a way in which a whole school could be involved and come to mini shorter workshops, or we can run them specifically for a class or a year group, depending on how the school works as either half days or whole days, which is all on our website. Um, But also, if there's something you've heard and thought had had an idea of, you can definitely email us. Yeah, so um, the idea behind the YouTube ones, um, all that needs to happen is the teacher just emails us uh, our email address and says, I'd like to send you some stories. Um, And then we say, okay. And then they email us some stories and we'll, from each class, we we can't really do that many from each class. If you imagine if we have however many teachers email us and then we've got hundreds of stories to read, that's not mm. really going to work. Um, but if if the teacher wants to let their class know just at the start of a writing topic that one of them is going to be chosen uh, to be read online, then that will give that early motivation and then they can send it through at the end. So it's, it's as simple as just emailing us and saying we'd like to get involved and then you're involved. The, yeah, the beauty of it is as well. We don't tell the children just yet whose story's next. So there's a kind of an eager excitement waiting for the next one to come up to see whether their story is the one that we're telling. Fantastic. So it, it's it's magical from start to finish. The whole the whole project, the whole uh, the whole idea of Enchanted Wanderers is exactly that. That there's a a mystery and uh, uh, mm-hmm. and a way of being which is like like we said before, it's very open and it's very creative and uh, and expansive for the children. And I think that's such a wonderful thing. It's why I wanted to to chat and and sort of get that sense across. You know, as doing an, an English and literacy season, I didn't want it just to be about this is how you write this word and this is how you do X and this is how you do Y. 
like it's just broadening that right out just so that actually our whole idea of, of how we go about all these things can be very different and there are people out there that are doing it and um i congratulate you on on doing it and um and i really appreciate the fact you came on and has explained it to us and, and i hope lots of people get in contact and, and get involved oh thank you so much no it's been it's been great it's really nice to to have the chance to to talk about it and put it out there and you can probably tell we're quite passionate about it um and we we would love for it to to kind of get out there and most definitely reach as many children as we can yeah and if it inspires teachers too to add a little more creativity into their world i mean I don't think most teachers need inspiring on that point part. I think it's more the bravery of actually saying, I want to do this and this is what I'm going to do with my children because I know them really well, um, which often is the thing that is a big, bit of a battle in school. But I love the fact that we could be a part of inspiring something along the way somewhere for some child. I think de- definitely been able to say I- I've I've heard this podcast and I can hang my hat on the fact that this goes on and, and this is happening and-, and we can be involved in whichever way that happens to be and like I say even if they take parts to this and are able to recreate it themselves I think like I say sharing those ideas is really what this podcast is all about so uh, so thank you very much as I said if you go to educationonfire.com and in the search part just put Enchanted Wanderers all these links and everything will come up and of course if you if you go online and put Enchanted Wanderers they will they will pop up there too you go st- directly to their page and find all about them so um emmy and taryn thank you so much for chatting and and i'm so glad we can do this it's still, it's still a marvel to me the fact that we're on opposite sides of the world you're over there in australia mm-hmm. i'm here sat here in the uk and uh, we're just chatting as if we're in the in the same room which is fantastic and i really appreciate your your, your time and, and and your enthusiasm as you said and it's been great chatting uh, we love that thank you so much mark it's been wonderful and agreed it's amazing you're sat in the uk and we're here in australia and this is happening enjoy the rest of your time in australia and um i look forward to maybe catching up when you come back to the uk and, and hearing a bit more about the stories that you've been telling ah oh, nice that'd be great wonderful thanks mark thanks for listening to the education on fire podcast for more information of each episode and to get in touch go to educationonfire.com education is not the filling of a pail but the lighting of a fire